Hi, this is Peter Rivera, and I'm the original drummer and lead singer of the group Rare Earth. We've had a long career, 50 years. We've played all over the world. We've recorded many, many albums and lots of hit singles. I'm going to talk about them all. So thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the stories. When I was five years old, I was hit by a car in front of my house. My leg was shattered and off to the hospital. My mother later told me that that night, her and my dad went to the local bar right near the... And they got plastered because they were so afraid of what had happened to me. I was in the hospital, and I vaguely remember looking up at a light bulb in this hospital, laying there with a cast on, a lot of pain. The hospital kind of looked like it did in the movie The Godfather when Michael was hiding his dad from the other mafia guys. But anyways, it was an old-time hospital in Detroit. I came out of it with a cast all the way up to my waist and down to my toes and had to be in a wheelchair for quite some time. My dad decided to show me how to play spoons. Just, you know, something to do. So I played spoons along with records. I probably wasn't any good, but, you know, five years old. What the heck? So it was pretty good. Um, my dad was one of these guys that when we went to a family outing, you know, he'd have a couple, three, four beers, and he'd get on the upright piano, and he'd be playing away, Heart of My Heart, and If You Knew Susie. You know, he wasn't really a good piano player, but he managed to hit some of the chords some of the time. <laughs> but uh, anyways, that's kind of where the music thing started, and, and when I was five playing the Spoons, they put me into this uh, talent show at a huge high school in Detroit. It was coolly high, and they had a huge auditorium. It looked to me like a million people, but of course it wasn't. But anyways, I was going to play Spoons to a song called If You Knew Susie, and I was five years old. And I was really nervous. I mean, stage fright, big time. And just before that, I had gone, I had started kindergarten. And in kindergarten, there was a music teacher named Mrs. Haywood. I'll never forget. And she was one of these uh, teachers that came in every day and went, Good morning, class. And everybody has to go, Good morning, Mrs. Haywood. Hello, Peter. Hello, Mrs. Haywood. I mean, it was that kind of thing, you know, kind of strange. But a little later on, I found myself on this stage to do this big recital with the spoons. And when I was finished, I I probably bowed, and then I ran off the stage. And the MC came back, and he goes, go on out there and take another bow. And and I just was like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not going out there, you know. And my mother was there to rescue me from this guy. But he, all of a sudden, he picked me up under my arms and he carried me out to center stage and set me down to take another bow, and I was terribly, terribly frightened. I'll never forget it. I mean, here I am today. It's 70 years later, and I can still remember doing it. My mother was upset because he did that to me and, you know, violated my whole thing. But, you know, hey, he had to do what he had to do. So I did the bow, I guess, and... That was that. Well, you know, the next few years went on. 
not too much crazy stuff. Just local neighborhood kid playing with his friends and all that. I'm six, seven up to be about ten. And I mean, all I can really tell you about that is the old family things and picnics and get-togethers and Christmas and all that stuff. But nothing was really earth-shattering new news. Until one night, we were uh, hanging out in the house after dinner, and there's a knock at the door, and this man is standing there, and he's with a company called Meet Mr. Callahan, which was a local music uh, teaching uh, school. And he came in, and they invited him in, and we sat in the living room, and he wanted to test me. So he sang a high note and a low note. And he says, which one is lower? I said, well, the second note. And he looked at my mother and he goes, you know, your son really shows a remarkable aptitude for music. He ought to be taking music lessons. And so my mother, who thought I was the greatest thing ever, uh, signed me up, 100 bucks for 30 lessons. And they asked me, you know, what I wanted to learn. I didn't know. So somewhere, somebody said, why not the drums? I said, okay, great, drums. So I got a pair of sticks and a pad, and I went to Callahan's and uh, met a teacher that spoke real broken English. And uh, it was difficult to, to, you know, communicate with him. I mean, I was 10 years old at the time. I practiced... Uh, the first page of the lesson, you know, right, left, right, right, left, right, left, left. And I don't know, that was it so far. But in the meantime, I was running downstairs in the basement putting on some records. My dad had a pretty extensive 78 RPM collection of, you know, Glenn Miller and, and, and oh, all the early, early big band stuff, Benny Goodman, and Count Basie. And, and I would listen. I loved listening to it. And you know, I would tap on the pad, and somewhere along the line, I got a snare drum. And, I mean, it was, you know, probably 10 bucks, and backed in the equivalent of a, of a Craigslist, probably. Had the drum, got a little cymbal. I think the cymbal was about a 10-inch. And I'd go down there, and I'd bang on this stuff to the records and just kind of pretend. And I noticed that when I was doing that, my parents uh, were like really happy seeing me do this. There was never any, any thing where the parents jumped on me for making noise. They, they, they kind of liked what I was doing. I used to uh, love watching my folks whenever we had like a party in the basement. And I was a young boy, I'd come to the top of the stairs and I'd look at all my relatives. I'd see my mother and father dancing. And geez, I just loved to watch that, you know, because, well, they were my parents, and it was a very beautiful thing for me to see them just enjoying themselves uh, that much. So in school, Catholic grade school, and there was a nun in there for the music department, and she one day was teaching all of us this hymn and she said i'm going to walk around in the room and when i tap you you stop singing and everybody else keep on singing so we all were doing this and she walked around the room and walked around 
tapping, tapping, tapping. Anyways, she's tapped everybody to stop singing except me. And, I mean, I don't remember a whole lot about it other than all of a sudden here I was again with the stage fright. I'm the only kid singing, and all the other kids are, like, looking at me. And I thought, oh, geez, what is this? It was not a comfortable situation. I'd go home, and I would practice to records and play just every day, every night. I was just, I couldn't wait to get back and, and, and do it again, keep going. Um, I would go down after school, and about six, six o'clock or so, my dad would stomp his foot on the floor, which means I got to come upstairs and eat dinner. And uh, then I, the old, hey, may I be excused, and back downstairs again. And uh, the hell with homework. I mean, I was playing drums. And I had gotten a funky little set of drums, a bass drum and a pedal and, and, and a cymbal and snare. So I was pretty cool. I was learning and having fun doing it. And uh, I had quit taking lessons because uh, I remember one time in particular, it must have been like my third or fourth lesson, my dad was taking me over to Callahan's. And I had the book open in my lap in the car, and I was tapping on my leg. And he says, what are you doing? I says, well, I'm studying my lesson. And he says, well, you've had all week to learn your lesson. Haven't you done that? I says, yeah, yeah, but I got to keep the... And boy, I'll tell you, he got pretty upset because he slapped his hand on the dashboard of the car, and he says, I want you to know that I stand on my feet for two hours to pay for these lessons. And you want to practice on the way to the place? Well, you know, I didn't know what to say, but I went in and a short time later I quit taking lessons. Before I quit, I did have a recital. And my first show that I ever played with drums and other band members was me and about 22 or 23 accordions. And the song we played was Levastrom. And I'll never forget that. 23 recordings and me on the drums. And about once a month, Meet Mr. Callahan had a local TV show recital. And there I was. I mean, it wasn't taped or anything. There was no tape back then. So I just did the recital and that was it. And pretty soon after that, I quit taking lessons because I realized that I just didn't want to learn you know, I look back now and I wish I kind of would have, but I didn't want to learn the notes and all that. I wanted to get home and play with records. And I had, now I'm, I'm 10, I'm 11, I'm 12 years old. I got a set of drums. I remember my mom and dad had to refi the house to buy me the set of drums. And they were gold sparkle Ludwig drums. And to me, they were the jewel of the world. And I would sit on the stairs of the basement and just look at them and smell them with the fresh lacquer paint and the shiny gold. I polished them all the time, and I played them. I mean, they bang on the floor with their feet, come on upstairs, it's bedtime. And, and the neighbors never complained, and my, the parents never complained. They never told me not to. And So things went on like that, 12, 13 years old, 14 years old, and all of a sudden... Peter goes to high school, and while I'm in freshman, I meet a guitar player, 
and his name was uh, Glenn Frundell. And there was another guitar player, Bob Harrison. And so we talked about, hey, man, you know, you're a drummer, and we got a couple guitars here. You know, and these guys, I know Bob Harrison had the old original Les Paul guitars. I don't know. I haven't heard from Bob forever. Now, Glenn played a Fender guitar, a jazz master, I guess he called it. And Bob Harrison, he had the old Les Paul uh, original guitars, you know, they kept them in the case under their bed. I mean, I don't know whatever happened to them, but uh, we started a band and we looked for a name and we started to call ourselves the Sultans. And we had a business card and we would get together two or three nights a week and practice. And I think it took like probably a year before we learned three songs. And every once in a great while at a party or something, we would take the drums and the guitar, and we'd play, the, <laughs> we'd play our three songs. And that was my first band, The Sultans. And we figured out a way to get us in there, The Sultans, so we did. I don't remember much about it other than, you know, we did the, we did the gig. And, and after the show, this guy walked up to me and he says, hey, my name is Ralph Tarana, and he says, I'm from the, a band called The Sunliners. The Sunliners originally started off as the Glowworms when they were really young kids. They changed it into the Sunliners because they had had one of the guys in the band. He had a Ford Sunliner car, so they called it Sunliners. So anyways, they talked to me and said, Hey, you know, you know, we heard you play and talked to you about doing a rehearsal. I said, Oh, well, crazy good. So actually, my dad helped me pick up my drums in the basement, wrap them in blankets, because after all, they were jewels. So we wrapped them in blankets, and we went over to the rehearsal, and I did a little something with them, and, and uh, they did not hire me. And I went home, and I thought, well, okay, what's the big deal here? You know, I go back to what I was doing. And what I was doing was, you know, on the weekends in the summer, my dad would take me fishing. Lake St. Clair in, in Detroit. And we would fish, and then on the way home, his buddy would come with us too, and they loved to drink their beer, these guys, you know. And I was, I don't know what I was, 12, 13. And I'd go fishing with them, and on the way home, they would stop in a couple of uh, saloons along the lake. And I'd go out on the dock and fish with them at night, and they're in the bar having a beer. And I come in the bar, and there's a band that's going to play a little later, and there's a set of drums there. And so my dad talked to the bartender and said, hey, the boy played, you know, whatever. So I go to the drums and play along with the jukebox. And there's 15, 18, 20 people in there, and all of a sudden they're passing the hat. And I'm going, oh, great. So after I play a couple of these songs, we're getting ready to leave, and all of a sudden I got like $6. Or 450 or whatever, but I'm making money playing drums. And I'm going, hmm, this is interesting stuff here. And of course, Dad was real proud, and we went home. And, you know, we did that for a few times, a couple years there. But, uh, anyways, it was like a year later, and we had another church social. And I played in it, and this time, the Sunliners asked me to join. One, two, three. 
Well, thanks for listening. My name is Peter Rivera, original lead singer-drummer of Rare Earth, and I really appreciate that you've listened to these podcasts. I hope you come back and check out more. I've got a lot ahead of us and a lot of the story for you, so come on back and hang with me for a while. I bring you flowers, baby, because you're the best. I'm going to treat you so much better than all the rest. I pull the chair out for you, open and close.